Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, here we go on a Tuesday. It's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Drew Nixon with you. Hope uh, those of you that were off yesterday had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I think a much-needed weekend for a lot of people. For those of you that did work, we appreciate you even more. We're with you for the next four hours. Coming up in about 40 minutes, we'll be joined by the defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo. We'll get his thoughts, obviously. It's now already been over a week since this organization one back-to-back championships. And Feels like a year. I know somehow. it does. Well, a lot, unfortunately, a lot Ooh. has happened. Yeah, a lot has happened since last Sunday. So we'll get into that with him. And uh, I think this defense in the past had taken time to get things figured out, maybe four, five, six weeks. And we know right away they were one of the best defenses. It did not take a month or two in the season. They were that way literally from opening night. We didn't know it at the time how good they were going to be. But from opening night, even in a losing effort to the Lions, without Chris Jones, that defense played great. And we'll, we'll talk to him about that progression and, and throughout the season. Uh, plus, just his future. We know he signed a contract extension to stay in Kansas City. That extension came uh, last Wednesday. So, Steve Spagnuolo going to join us in 40 minutes. You, you have a good weekend? You guys Fine. good? Since we were off for President's Day, do you want to announce your favorite president of all time? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Are you just like a classic Lincoln, Washington guy? Um, Big I, Rutherford B. Hayes, dude. Who's yeah. your guy? Uh, I don't. I don't have a guy. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't. I really mm. don't. Mm. Okay. What's your favorite dollar bill? Uh, other than I guess a yeah. hundred. My and least favorite is William Henry Harrison because oh, yeah? I we had to draw names for an American citizenship class once. Every president available, you had to do like a ten-page paper on their presidency, specifically of their presidency, and I got that idiot who died thirty days into it because Dum Dum didn't wear a coat got pneumonia and died. So that's my least favorite. I feel pretty strongly about that because I had to write a big, huge, long paper about that dumb. I was like, can I say that? (laughs) Either way, screw that guy. Okay. Just wear a jacket. Maybe you could have been president longer, man. Yeah, I don't don't have a direct answer for you on that one, Cody. I'll stay away from that discussion. You could just go old-timey president. Be relatively safe. Although you'll find out they did some, like, horrible stuff. It'll turn out like Warren G. Harding was just like a monster or something. I haven't studied enough about the presidents to know for sure. Sounds like Drew. Uh, it sounds like Drew had a was ready to roll with an answer right away. 
No, I was no? not. Okay. No? <laughs> yeah. It's not uh. it's not Richard Nixon, even though our last names are the same. No relation. You could go with this. That would be an interesting answer, by the way. I'll just leave it at that. Sure. I would have several follow-up questions. That would be an interesting answer. Yeah. Uh, that would, I'll tell you this. Uh, there were definitely a few that were, were coming, about, coming up and, and popping up in my mind. Uh, that was not one of them. Uh, I, that was not one of the three that were circulating. Uh, that's like going to be Cody's random like, question of the day today. It's yeah. just going to be. If we were on yesterday, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. Your literal Matt Rushmore of Mount Rushmore's of presidents. Is that what you want to do? Is that what you're asking us to do here today on a, on a Tuesday in February? <laughs> yeah, but you can't use any of no, the no. current Mount the, Rushmore. The non Mount fresh Rushmore. Not, uh-huh. Fresh Mount Rushmore. You got to put four new presidents on it. There you Let's go. Let's figure out where you're going. 913 586 7610. Jay Southland Toe Service text line. It's officially the offseason, though, right? Today through early March is when teams will have a decision to make on franchise tagging players or not. We know the two here that everybody's going to be keeping an eye on are Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. But how do the Chiefs approach this offseason? How do you think they should, knowing that the cap number might even be higher than we all thought heading into this season? Sell out. I mean this in the strongest conceivable way. Sell out for the future. I know that it seems like simple or like, are you sure? And this team has done an incredible job. At building for the long haul. I understand the importance of that. I know why that they settled into that methodology. And to this point, over a five-year span, that methodology has really worked. But win a Super Bowl this year, and you're going to claim you're the greatest dynasty of all time. You'd be the only team to three-peat. Matter of fact, no other team has even made it back to the Super Bowl in that third year. Three missed the postseason entirely. Three lost before the conference title game. And a couple of lost in their conference title game on their way to attempt a three-peat. Nobody's even made it back to the game. I've never been more convinced that if it means risking what two, three, four years from now means, sell out for the three-peat. Four Super Bowl titles would give them the second most all-time, and then you'd have all the world to solve any of the problems cap-wise you create for going all-in this year. No player is too expensive for me this year. Yeah, I mean, I think they no future draft capitals too much. I think the Chiefs in the front office have shown, though, throughout this run that they're currently on, why they are a dynasty is that they haven't done necessarily full on what you're saying. So they but there's a time to do it, man. Sure. And, and when you're talking about three peats and doing something that's never been done there, there obviously is that special aspect legacy wise where that puts you as an organization, individual players, individual uh, leaders on the team. But at the same time, why they have been so successful is they have taken a broader approach and, and, and looked at this not just in a one-year plan, but in a three, four, and sometimes five-year plan as well. And so I expect that's how they'll handle this. Now, they, if you were to get a direct answer, I'm, I imagine if Brett Veach was on the show, he would say, well, we're all in every year because we have Patrick Mahomes. You're, you're saying, though, that you don't care. It sounds like the consequence no, in a year or two. I and, I, and I'm telling you, I disagree with that logic a little bit because of what they have showed us that they know how to maintain this window. It looks Five like they're going to have... a long time, though, you know? I mean... Sure. This, you know, you, I, I still think they're kind of in their window, but... I mean, five years is a long time to maintain, but they haven't maintained it 10 or 15. To me, now's not the time to differ and say, oh, let's just do what the Rams did a couple years ago and say, screw it and, and, and be in trouble financially in two years. Continue to have a measured approach. They have a very young defense that they have to make some decisions on this offseason with Snead and Chris Jones in particular. We all know on the offensive side, left tackle of the future. Do they believe that's one A. Morris? If not, they need to go find that piece 
wide receiver goes without saying. So I, I think they will continue to approach it in the same way. I hear you. Like, whatever, whatever is necessary to go and win a, a third championship, sure, I don't know anybody's going to disagree with that. But I don't think they're ever going to just say, hey, we're going to sign a bunch of bad contracts just because of this year and screw us over in two years. Yeah, That's but, not their mentality, nor should it be. Now, and they don't all have to be, um, like, maybe not the best in the long term. I understand that. But bad doesn't equate to bad if you win the Super Bowl. We've talked about this with the trades that they've made. I don't think they went into the Kadarius Tony trade thinking, oh, this trade doesn't make sense, but because they win the Super Bowl two times, no one really cares that the trade from a uh, draft pick compensation wise still doesn't make sense. You wouldn't go back and make that trade unless you knew the butterfly effect of not winning the Super Bowl. You wouldn't give up a third for Tony because he hasn't produced at that level. What I'm saying is you be a little more fluid with future draft picks and specifically one thing that they have avoided that other teams that are in win now mode do, which is the contract with the dummy years that is, I'll solve this problem down the road stuff. Yeah, that I don't, is, no, I don't think that so, is man. like the Odell Beckham <laughs> version of like, screw it, I'll pay this guy for four years after this one if it puts another Super Bowl ring in our back pocket this year. I just feel like the ability to go out and win it again makes it worth the risk this time. I understand every time you can't do that, and in the long run, the Chiefs have to think more about how they can keep this team in or around an AFC title game and Super Bowls again for the next 15 years. But when you got two in your back pocket in a row and three total with Mahomes, I feel like you can put a little caution. You can throw a little caution in the wind there. You said it there, though, with Patch Mahomes. He is 28 years old. There it now is definitely not the time to say, oh, wh- whatever the consequence. He's 38. The then conse- really screw yeah, it. if he was Tom Brady at the time and he was 40 years old, then I'm with you. Like, hey, you only know you have a year or two of this guy left. Go ahead and, and mortgage the future. That seems like the exact opposite of what they should be doing when you have Patch Mahomes at 28 years old. You, you know that he can overcome some obstacles, yes, but also you don't want to screw over his season when he's 31 because of the decision you made when he was 28. And not to mention, we know just because you go out and spend money doesn't guarantee results. How many times have we brought up what the Buffalo Bills have tried to do recently, which is build oh, a ro- build, sure, build a roster, though, make signings. Von Miller was a signing and it made a lot of sense. Like, Hey, Von Miller's going to change things for you defensively. Uh, they brought him in to be a game wrecker and beat the chiefs. And in a regular season game, he did that, but then he gets hurt stuff. You can't predict. And now he's old and now it's a bad contract. And now they've got other pieces. My point being is it's not as simple as go spend X amount of dollars. You're guaranteed anything. And so the current measured approach, which is a good balance of they're going to spend some money. They're going to draft extremely well. It's the reason why this defense was as good as it is. It's, it's not because they went and signed a bunch of big-time free agents. It's because they drafted Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed and George Karloftis and Nick Bolton. And then they supplemented that with some key free agent signings and not even big signings. How The story this whole year was the smart you know, price conscious moves oh, of know. Drew Tranquil and Mike Edwards and Charles Aminahue. So I trust the front office to continue making measured deals like that. And yeah, this offseason, I do expect one or two, what we view as much bigger deals. I think that goes without saying, whether it's an extension for a, for Snead or Jones, or it's going outside the organization and signing a big time wide receiver. I think they're positioned to do that, but they don't need to get crazy and like, hey, we'll trade away next year's second round and third round pick. To I'm go. fine with that. I, I don't need them to do that. I trust how they've approached it and it's worked out pretty damn well I would say no honestly they've done the opposite because like Tyree Kill was not a win now move or at least it didn't appear that way didn't matter 
they traded him away and they won back-to-back Super Bowls. So obviously they still think they could win with varied talent versus the same. They viewed that as a net zero move or a net positive move in that case. But they haven't taken and, – and look, I get it. They're saying, hey, money doesn't equal winning, Cody. Like, you can't just um, – yeah. you know, like the Mets or the Yankees. I understand <laughs> that. But it can. It doesn't mean it never does either. Just because there are teams who take risks and it doesn't work out doesn't mean that taking risks always ends up in losing. Like, if you bring in Justin Jefferson, it doesn't mean it would be bad. No. That's the, the person that's, somebody mentioned in the, the text line. the dream scenario. Yeah, like, let's well, be realistic. Well, he's unhappy let's, let's because be the Vikings don't want to pay him. Yeah, let's be realistic. Yeah, I, I would love for them to go and, and, and acquire Justin Jefferson, okay? I'm trying to be realistic. But it's not also as if they haven't spent money. Let's let's put that, you know, let's make that very clear. They've been right up against the cap. So this notion of like they just haven't been. No, they've been spending money already. It's not like they're sitting around midseason with $10 million in cap space. You know, they're sitting around midseason with $800,000 or $1.2 million in cap space. So they're they're spending. This isn't baseball where you're like, man, those owners are just cheap. They won't spend enough money. When you're in the, they're spending right up against the cap. Oh, no, they're if, up if, against if the, the cap. Is, a lot. If the cap is 243 or it's 253, I can promise you the Chiefs, when it's all said and done, will be spending right up against the cap again. Fun hypothetical. I think I know where gold will stand on this, Cody, but if if you, you have to pick one, five total Super Bowls from Holmes, or he is the only quarterback in history, say the game goes on for another 150 years, he will be the only quarterback in history to three peat, but he only gets four. <sighs> which one are you taking? <laughs> so this, I'll let Cody think for a second. Here's why that is. Four a great, is very tempting. Uh, You'd be the only team to three peat ever. I, I think it's a great question because I was just on in Boston yesterday. The um, WEI, our sister station. And they, of course, were talking Brady Mahomes and the dynasty stuff. And they even agreed though. The one thing that can cancel out Mahomes, Brady head to head and Mahomes losing is the three peat. I don't think five rings cancels that out for a lot of people in Kansas city. I'm not talking about how we're going to view. I'm talking about the masses and the three Pete. Everybody acknowledges. If you do that, that's different. I think it's worth more than the, I lost to Brady in one individual uh, game with an injured roster. Now with that said, I know how we felt right after the championship last Sunday night in the Monday and how all of us in Kansas city felt at that point in time. And experience that one more time or another two or three more times. I'll take another two or three. I will now for like the Mahomes. If if your goal is just to be able to like, quote unquote, win the Brady Mahomes argument, then I think you're rooting for the three Pete more than the five, which is, that sounds weird. Um, But no, I'm rooting for the nub. Stack them up, stack the rings, man. Stack them up. It's hard to trade. It's hard to give up a ring. That's the problem. Drew's asking us to maybe give up two almost. Well, he said five. He gave, he gave a firm number. Either you get five rings or you get four, well, but they get a complete would have been the three too, I feel like six would have been too easy. I feel like you, yeah. you, you would have the, taken six. The reason Fair. why I couldn't take it now, even though it would be very tempting, is uh, in this hypothetical, is that he's 28. Like, oh, God, I'm just going to say it's done? He just wins one this year, and then I got to watch him for 12 more years not win the Super Bowl again? That sounds brutal. That version of the story, I do not like. <laughs> Which makes it obviously a more challenging acceptance, but I guess that is what it is. We'll get back into this Good a little bit later on. Good thing I to make that call. Thank yeah, God. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get back into the, the approach of the offseason again because today is the first day uh, in, in which teams can start to make that decision on franchise tags. And, and a big uh, deciding factor on how this offseason is going to go is what they try to do or don't do by Tuesday, March the 5th, which will be when teams have to designate franchise or transition players and the two names that 
come to mind there, of course, are Legereus Need and, and Chris Jones, although a Chris Jones cap number just doesn't seem realistic because you'd be basically double, ta- double tagging him at this point in time. Uh, but we can get into that a little bit later on. Uh, one thing that is going to continue to happen uh, for one Chiefs player, certainly during the offseason, is a continued uh, following of from paparazzi and otherwise, which is Travis Kelsey, as he's now in Australia, I guess. Is that right? Is that yeah, confirmed? Yeah, he's got to support. Okay. Got to support his lady, just like she supported him. And there was a bunch of random accounts that were making fake graphics over the weekend uh, as if uh, Taylor Swift and Travis were appearing on SNL together on April 20th or whatever. That's not true. It could be down the road, but it's not true at this point in time. And now uh, it seems, though, the future acting career is maybe going to heat up. According to Emily Smith at therap.com, and if you're like, wait, does she um, like does she know what she's talking about? Yeah, she um, she's pretty well in the beat and says that multiple top filmmakers, including White Lotus producer David Bernard, flew to Kansas City to talk to Kelsey about a reality TV show in hopes <laughs> to produce and appear in. He also has interested parties from unscripted shows, scripted shows, comedy opportunities, and larger endorsements in this upcoming offseason. Travis Kelsey's getting ready to be a movie star. I don't know how to say it. Anything else than that it terrifies me from how long he'll play perspective. Him having this much interest means he's got like, he doesn't have to keep beating up his body in order to earn tens of millions of dollars, not just an incredibly successful podcast, but the guy who did white Lotus, that was like the, one of the biggest shows of last year. That guy wants to work individually with Travis Kelsey. Also, what does a reality show with him look like? Is it like a, deal or no deal like and he's hosting and he's it, hosting like a game show or it's like he's james marsden and they're putting him in like regular circumstances but he's pretending to be travis kelsey i don't but think that confused, like jury duty i don't know if that would work just because of his level he's of fame now yeah. it's probably what you're discussing like what's the uh what's the dating show uh uh love is blind nick lachey and them hosted they're not actually in the dating oh, dude, show. I don't think he could ever be oh, in a dating well, show. No, he's expressed serious regret over well, that. Well, he's, I mean, he's going to probably be engaged here very soon, right? That's what you've been telling me, my Taylor Swift insider. You. Yeah, uh, I've, be, I've stand by that estimate. Yeah, so so that's off. But maybe he could be the host of one of those, right? Like the If Jesse Palmer can host The Bachelor, why can't Travis Kelsey host a show like that? Honestly, the way it works with these other studio shows, like if you're like CBS or Fox, eventually some guy comes out of the league who's younger and has talent, and they boot off one guy off the scene, Tony Gonzalez, and then they replace him with somebody else. Couldn't Travis Kelsey just directly replace James Palmer? It seems, so football is the obvious end, but it sounds like his is going to be away from football and away from sports. Don't you believe that? I, he, he had that uh, two years ago side hosting gig on, was it the ESPYs? Or, yeah, I think so. Or he was just kind of backstage doing some stuff. I, I could see him doing things like that. Not that he's going to be Ryan Seacrest, but could he do some of that around award shows and be more of a host and, and, and have some fun with his personality that you're worried about what it means for like how long he's going to play. Yeah, Of course I do. I mean, we, I'm we, always we, concerned about Yeah. That. Well that, I mean, he's also just getting older. I don't believe that will cause him to retire like a year early. If that's what you're saying. I really don't because I think those opportunities aren't going anywhere. Will now. exist whether it's in 2024 or 2026. I, I especially if him and he's Taylor Swift continue to be a thing. So that, that opportunity is not going away anytime soon. I think he's done enough already that that's pretty much locked in. Now, how successful he'll be, he's going to have to be good at it. We all assume he's going to be very good at it, but he'll have to prove that down the road. Um, but he's going to have every opportunity to succeed. Do we assume he's going to be on every single one of her tour stops for like a month straight? Do you think they'll just live together? So she's in 
Australia, then like Singapore, then Tokyo. You got the like, whole schedule and tour schedule I mapped it out last night. Um, so that's why you got it all mapped out, huh? They also go to Paris. I'll like, be there a, for that one. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of and London. There's a lot of great overseas stuff. And he was talking about how cool it is to travel. Now he's gotten a little bit older. Is he going to just like travel with her? You think for like a month straight? I saw a video of the place she's staying at in Melbourne. Dude, it's a 10,000 square foot hotel penthouse. It's got like nine bedrooms in. It's got enough place for her, like her security to sleep too. Well, where, where did you think she was staying? I don't know. But she's it was, worth. It was even fancier than I thought. She's worth a billion dollars. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think with no disrespect to this hotel she's chain, but I didn't, I didn't think she was staying at a Holiday Inn. You know what I mean? Like I assumed she was staying at a very nice property everywhere she goes. And to answer your question, yeah, I, she went to just about every Kelsey game she down did. the stretch. That she so could. I, I would like to think, and I believe he will, he will go and support her in the same way. So, yeah, I think he will be on tour with her for, for quite some time. Plus, not Hotels to mention he's going to, yeah, going to some amazing destinations and staying in some incredible places. Yeah, I think he flew out in her jet. So she just oh, of had, course. The jet, of course. had the jet pick him up, mm-hmm. take him on out, and then they can, you know, cruise around together a little bit. God, what a life. What a life for both of them. But Travis is, I mean, over the last 12 months, life, over the last 12 months, his life has taken a completely another level, like a complete another level that he was at before. This has been her life for a very long time. long time like this. But then the story came out over the weekend. We, we kind of had known this, but for whatever reason, it became national news. We, we know Travis got the new house here locally or whatever. And like the store, some details came out of like why they had to move. And we assumed they, him his door and stuff. Yeah. Someone even at the new place. Uh, that's in the gated community. Not, think how creepy that is. Yeah. Scary, creepy, all of the above. Like that somebody knocked on your window at your home. And like there's real security threat with that when you're talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And who knows how crazy some people are. The fact that you're in a, a not just a gated community, like if a gated community had a gated community inside of it, <laughs> that's the level of yeah. like that's the type of neighborhood he was in. And you still got people knocking on your glass there? Like that's why she's got an unbelievable amount of security around her because you just can't, you know, you just never know. I was over the weekend. You had asked me how my weekend was. One thing I had thought about because yeah, did I you continued. go anywhere? Did you go to the movie or anything? You do anything uh, did like go that? to one movie with the with one of the kids. I wanted to see the Bob Marley movie. I didn't do. It. I ended up not doing that. So my we were all going to go see a movie. And then my daughter got a last minute invite to a birthday party for like a friend's like her best friend's uh, niece. And it was a pool party, so my kid was never going to turn that down. Not in a million years. A pool party? Inside, Inside Okay. Indoor was, pool. Indoor was, pool. Relax. Pool party. Indoor in the, the winter. It's actually like the best time to yeah. have a pool party because you normally don't get to swim during that time. But so we took my son to go see. We went to go see me. That was it. Other than that, it was just like I, I was still a full week. I'm not even kidding. I was still a full week behind from the Super Bowl week. Yeah. I spent this entire three-day weekend putting my life back together <laughs> from the lead up to the Super Bowl the entire week we were in Las Vegas and then trying to like get our bearings back we flew back on Monday parade on Wednesday and everything yeah, you know like every a couple like, weeks I spent the entire weekend putting the rest of it together but one thing I had thought about is I continued to see the articles out and then I saw yesterday John Sherman had spoken at spring training giving a few more details about their upcoming stadium vote in April is people could vote starting last Friday in Jackson County on this thing I would say it's time to maybe put out your plans, Chiefs, like, and further your plans, Royals. Like, they're talking about right now that they're meeting with the property owners and the business owners down at the crossroads. That's their big hurdle right now, and understandably so, because publicly, that's never going to go over well. But as it sits, 
Chiefs need to start announcing something. It's been a full week since you won the Super Bowl. You're through all your obligations. You got to start announcing how you're going to spend some of this money. People can vote on this right now. Like, if you're an early voter in Jackson County, you're already deciding the fate of this. And I don't feel like there's enough information out from either side. Yeah, the the renovation details. What does a renovation look like? And, and all that has to come out here very, very soon. Uh, April 2nd is the actual election day. But you're right. Early voting for those that choose to do that is already out there. And I, I would think, Cody, it's got to come here very, very soon. We had Mark Donovan on during the Super Bowl Radio Row week. So I think it was that Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure. I can't remember yeah. the exact day. That seemed like forever ago. But we had him on, and, and we asked him about the timeline. And he said, hey, we got to get through this Super Bowl and the parade, and then we expect to release some information. Well, we all know that was last Wednesday. I have no idea if anything was delayed because of the everything that occurred and the tragedy. And everything. I have well, no idea. Um, but you're right. I mean, it should that information should be coming out, and it needs to come out here very soon for, for people to make a uh, – adequate decision in their mind on, on what direction they want to go. I mean, that date's going to come up a lot quicker than you think. The Royals play a baseball game, like a, an actual <laughs> baseball game on Friday. You can hear that game right here on 610 Sports Radio. I think the Royals just announced their full broadcast schedule. So if you want to see which games will be on 610, which games will be over on 1660, the score, or which ones you can catch on Bally TV for now. I don't really know. Haven't heard anything more on the uh, No, the I know that stuff they're yet. airing some Bally games for preseason. I, I saw that. So I don't okay. for spring training. They're going to have some training, on That's a good start. No, oh. for Bally. Oh, for Bally. Okay. So I, you know, I don't really know okay. how that's going to look, but at least some version what, of it, but they got to start putting out information. You, otherwise you don't give people enough time to digest it. So I agree with you on the info. Do you think though, if you're, is is the information going to sway anybody? I guess if we're being realistic, like, am I curious you think about people have already made up their mind? I, I do. I really do. If you're someone that is voting yes, or you're someone that's voting no on April 2nd, whatever side you're on with the information that has come out, I, Maybe I'm wrong entirely here, but if I'm someone that's voting no, let's say, and all of a sudden the Chiefs put out renovation plans and they're like, man, we're going to add something that's amazing to the third level of the stadium, 300 level of the stadium. Are you really like, you know what? Now I, I'm voting yes. I, I don't, I don't, I want to know more and people should have the information sure. to make an educated decision in their mind. But I don't know if that bit of information, like, is that include a new video board or, oh, wow, they're going to have a little concert venue in the parking lot. Is that is that going to sway someone? I, I think the answer is no, but I could be wrong. I, I seriously doubt that we're going to get the yes, the firm yes and firm no, right? Um, we've talked to both sides of that argument. I don't think we're going to, I don't think you're going to sway either person that would vote that way. But the people who are in between who just feel like, like a lot of voters are undecided because they don't know anything. They're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to vote on this. I have to study the ballot because like I've gotten stuck on like I personally have gotten stuck on a ballot question. I'm like, okay, missed this one somehow when I was doing my research. I don't know what this thing's about, which means I'm not comfortable voting on it. So I'm just not going to choose a side. You don't want someone not choosing a side either. You want them sure. deciding for you. I think that those are the people they're probably trying to attract. So we'll, we'll find out if any information comes in that and we'll let you know. Coming up next, though, a little update in college football. Some news just coming out in the last few minutes. And you hit on it. Full squads reported yesterday. So let's talk a little Royals baseball before the defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo, joins us here on 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tapshrew, Nixon. We'll be joined by Chiefs Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo coming up in about seven minutes or so. Real quick, did want to pass along a little bit of college football news. I think some of this was expected at, at least, uh, but now it has been confirmed. It has to do with the college football playoff, and it's now been approved that the uh, five, what they call the five-seven format for the twelve-team field starting next season. What that is is the five highest-ranked conference champs automatically will get in, plus the next seven highest-ranked teams as determined by the selection committee. So at one point, there was always a discussion that the highest-ranked group of five team were going to be guaranteed a spot. Not necessarily. It is the five champs that are highest-ranked and then the next seven, quote-unquote, best teams or highest-ranked teams. So no automatic yeah. bids. No, although if you're the five, if you're a conference champ, I mean, in a way, you're going to be in the top 12. Yeah. Right. But no, you know, if you're a, a, a non power five school, you're James Madison and, last year and you actually went out, you might be you, flirting with you that. You got to be top 12. If you're a group of five, you know where you got to be now. You have to be top 12 and not this. Oh, we could have been 19th, but we were the highest group of five. You have to be top 12 in order to get in. You and I both know, though, based on the way that these things get voted on. If you're an undefeated group of five school. They're going to make you top 12. I would think. Maybe 12. <laughs> I would think. But they're going to flirt with you in that category. Unless, look, the only way in which that doesn't happen is if you're going up against like Alabama at 12. Then you're screwed. You're up against an S- You're up against an SEC or Big Ten powerhouse. If Ohio State is between 12 and 13, sorry. Th- sorry that you got left out, but that's just life. Outside of that, like if it were Missouri this year or James Madison, that's not the example because James Madison didn't win out. But if James Madison was like 13 or 14, Missouri was 12, and they were a three loss, I think that they would put in the undefeated team. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's Uh, idealist, but I'm pretty sure they would. I wonder what the discussion will be, because you know it'll happen. We'll be sitting here, guys, in December, right around the the college ball playoff selection show and all that. And you know, in, in the past, like this year, we know the huge controversy was around Florida State. And would they get in? Would they not get in? We know they did not get in. And I'll just tell you right now, I don't care... Cody, if it involves, and you can you can hold me to this, if this involves Kansas and they're 13 and they're left out, obviously I'll be bummed. But I don't want to hear a single oh, argument. About 12? Yeah. Tw- like if, if you were 14th and you thought you should have 12, there's 12 spots. You didn't do enough to get it. Well, I'd be bummed out if my alma mater, of course. But you can hold me to this. I, you, you cannot bitch and moan the same way you do when you're fifth versus four if you're 13 versus 12. And I and I know that will happen still. Of course it will. There's teams who do in the tournament yeah, all the time. Yeah, and, and I and I laugh and at that. And that's of 68. Yeah, if you, if you can't be one of the 68 teams that made the NCAA tournament, I really don't want to hear you complaining because you only won 17 games in the regular, you know, in, in, yeah. the, in the regular season. Like, but somebody they, had more quad one wins. No one cares. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm excited about the expansion of the playoff because I do think for all three local schools, it gives them a real chance to get in. Missouri's got a great chance to get in this year. Yeah, believe it or not, Kansas, because of schedule and everything, has a, good has shot a to win decent the Big chance to get to Dallas. And if you can get to Dallas and see what happens, and we just told you, if you're a highest-ranked conference champion, 
you're going to get in. So I think all three schools have an opportunity uh, to at least get one of these local schools. Like next year, I would love if I get, could bet on uh, not each one individually, but just give me the the three. Will, will one of the three local schools get in into the college football playoff? I think the answer to that is yes. I, I don't would, know if it'd I be the favorite, but yes. I think so. Yes. I would bet yes. My guess is I could still get plus money on that for sure. They probably wouldn't host a, a game, but, but they would get in. I, I do think the thing that's interesting about this is the 5-7, I think, is mainly because of the Pac-12 basically dissolving. A group yep. of five team is going to get in because of because I don't think it's considered a conference. Right. Any, I mean, it's considered a conference, but also the, the, the Pac-12 li- winner is not going to just get a shoe in. The, the likelihood anymore. of Washington State and Oregon State being higher ranked than Boise State this year or another group of five team is probably slim because Boise because but, Washington uh, well, State and Oregon State is playing a Mountain West schedule. Correct me if I'm wrong. How I'm reading this, though, like, are we sure that's how that's going to play? It says the five highest ranked conference champ you don't think if in in a combination like they're, they're talking about you think there will be oh you're saying they're giving the pac-12 the edge here well i'm just I'm, I'm just trying to talk it out we know the pac-12 the the two schools that are left uh washington state and oregon state yes they have a scheduling deal with the mountain west but they, it do- they're playing they're they're not a part of the mountain west Correct, they're, they're but they, separate but they but they're playing i think oh, six or point. seven games mountain west so games, yes. they have a deal with the mountain west they're not they're not they can't be the 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 mountain west the, champ correct, correct. But let's say the Mountain West has the higher ranked team in our conference champion. Yeah. You're right. They might get a host a home game. Like so that I, I don't Instead think of it, the Pac-12 based so I, on that reading. I don't think it's impossible that the Pac-12 could still get a team in. Now, it's it's good for a Mountain West school. You mentioned Boise State or whoever. If you let, let's say Washington State or Oregon State is good next year, you obviously have another opportunity to get a big time win. And usually by the time it gets to November, there's not many big time wins left for a Mountain mm-hmm. West school to get. All of a sudden, I don't know what the schedule is, if it's already out, but when let, let's say you're already a one loss Boise state team, but you get to play Oregon state. Who's pretty decent. Let's just say next year. And you play them in November, you win that game. All of a sudden you might end up being a higher ranked team as a conference champ, even in a non power five compared to yeah. Appalachian state or whatever, who might sure. be, cause who might win the sun. But I think that that's what makes it interesting is with the pac 12 dissolving. That's why they went, you know, five, five, seven. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see how this, this ends up playing out. Um, I, you know, I already placed, and there's a couple. You should still get on board, Cody. There's, I have Which a couple. One? I got three national championship bets that I already made. Now, I'm going to make more once we can just bet on to make the college football playoff. But to win the Natty, and I, I told you this is just to set up a hedging opportunity. Uh, I have a ticket on Missouri okay. to win the national championship. I have a ticket on KU and a ticket on Boise State. Those are the three that I have bets on. I made them over a month ago, well over a month ago. Well, if all three of them make the college football playoff, well, then you have a dream hedge scenario. Right. Where you almost, you know, like you almost will be, it'd be shocking if you didn't get an opportunity. Here are the odds. And and of those three, I'll be honest, I like Missouri's chances the best. Of course. Um, I think they're the better team out of the three next year. But I I think, like, this is a really underrated thing. Before we talk to Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola, but I really underrated thing is Iowa State's offensive coordinator leaving for the pros to be a quarterback coach because that was one of the teams that could stand in Kansas's way, and now they're without their offensive mind. If you're wondering, Missouri, so they were 50-1 to at the time uh, to win the national championship this upcoming season. They're down to 30-1, to and then KU is sitting at 200-1 to in uh, Boise State, 500-1. to got some good uh, odds on those. So, again, college football news uh, today, they just finalized the format, so the five highest-ranked conference champions plus the next seven highest-ranked teams 
determined by the college football selection committee. Let's get back to the Chiefs, though. And believe it or not, it's been already over a week since the Chiefs won back-to-back championships. And the defensive coordinator in charge of that defense that was so dominant throughout this season joins us now. Steve Spagnuolo with us on 610 Sports Radio. Coach, great to have you on the show. Have you had a chance now, a little over a week removed, to maybe sit back a little bit and uh, and kind of soak this whole thing in? (laughs) Well, that's what we're trying to do right now. It's kind of it's a little unbelievable, but I appreciate you guys, Alex and Cody, having me on. Always nice to talk to people back in Kansas City. I actually am in Florida right now, so I am trying to embrace it all. Uh, pretty unbelievable. So a week after, you just going to go sit on a beach? Is it just like my ties? Is that like your <laughs> ideal week after the Super Bowl situation? Yeah, you know what it is, guys. It's spend as much time with Maria as I possibly can, and the best way to do that is to get out of town and. Uh, just kind of kick back. But we have family down here, and so it's a little bit about that. You know, it's an eight-month grind, a nine-month grind, whatever we go through. So as much as I can spend time with family in the off season, that's what I try to do. See, but you know what, guys? The, the combine's right around the corner, so we'll be there next week. Seeing how, like, and look, I'm married too, Steve, so I, I get how this might work. I'm <laughs> guessing because she's got to say yes to your schedule nine months out of the year, that anything she wants yeah. to do during this time, that's a yes. Amen. You're, you're right. <laughs> on. You're, you're dead on on that. You're dead on. But she's great. Listen, uh, I enjoy it. And it's fun to be able to kick back, especially after what happened, which is uh, just a blessing. You know, uh, we, 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 we saw all the T-shirts and, and Spags We Trust shirts. Justin Reed, I saw, is doing another batch of shirts as well, as they've been oh, very boy. popular, Coach. I know I know. <laughs> after the game, at that point of the AFC title game, you mentioned you were even maybe a little embarrassed by it. But I, I would assume, yeah. though, you got family. I mean, does the whole family have the shirts? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm still embarrassed by it. I've, <laughs> I've been trying to burn as many as I could. And only only because it's just not me. But listen. I love the love. The love is mutual with Justin and all the guys. And, yeah, a couple of family members did get it. And uh, so every once in a while I do have to look at it. But, listen, it's all because we got a group of guys that, listen, bought in and, and did a heck of a job because you know, nobody nobody trusts anybody until it's, unless it's a two-way street. And those guys were terrific. And thank God we were able to do what we did. In some years up in St. Joe at training camp, you would you would always step into the mic and, and mention that with a younger group, yeah, it could you know it could be four plus weeks maybe before this thing really gets rolling. But it, it appeared at least from the outside that from opening night, even in a losing effort against Detroit, that you had this defense playing at an elite level almost immediately. Why did this group have so much success right away? You know, um, I think if it, if we all look back at it, I think the what we went through two years ago, the twenty. 22 season, you know, with how young we were and we kind of built and got better and better. And then it, you know, it culminated in a, in a Super Bowl win. I think that gives everybody a lot of confidence. So I think when the guys came back, um, they had a lot of confidence in what we were doing, but you add that to the fact that we brought in what I thought was three key free agents, Mike Edwards, two tranquil and Charles, Amenahue. And even though we didn't have Charles for a stretch there when he was suspended, I thought adding those guys in there uh, gave us a huge jump. And I think, you know, we just kind of picked up where we left off uh, the prior year. And, you know, Justin Reed was now his second year in the system. Because remember, when he came two years ago, it was all new to him. Uh, and any, there's always a transition and a learning curve when guys come to new systems. It doesn't matter what the system is. But I just think we were all together. You know, I, I keep going back to this, guys. You've probably heard me say it before. But when the guy in the middle, and I'm talking about Nick Bolton, when he's as high an IQ player as he is, I think it makes all the other 10 guys around him 
that much better. And I think that had a lot to do with it. How often in the season, I, I had heard your interview where you were talking about that, that third and five play that McDuffie comes up with a stop where you guys are able to get the ball back at a time that could have ended the game. How often do you ask Nick in the middle of the game, like, Hey, do you think this play is going to work? Cause it sounded <laughs> like the, the way you described it was you liked it. You thought it was going to work, but you wanted a second opinion from Nick. Yeah, so there were many times over on the sideline, you know, in between series that Nick and I are having conversations about, you know, what he's hearing, seeing, what he likes, what I like, and there's always go between there. Now, that one was a little unique, the situation you're talking about. What helped us was when San Francisco let it come down to the two-minute warning, and you guys know what the commercial breaks are like in the Super Bowl. We have a lot of time there. So, you know, anytime you have extra time to think about it, we had one call that we had made that we were going to run if they ran a play when it went to two minutes and we had the extra time, uh, the guy, this is what you heard me describe. I had another thought in mind. I went to my fourth down call list and I looked at a call there and I just said, I'm going to see what Nick thinks about this. And when I pressed the button to talk, you know, he can't talk back. He can just hear me, but I was looking for his reaction, his body language. When I asked him and in a minute, I said, how about this? He was shaking his head. He was giving the signal. He was all for it. So if he had a gut feeling, I had a gut feeling and I knew that if both of us felt the same way, it might be something we should do. And, you know, fortunately for us, our guys went out and executed and it worked out pretty good. We're talking to Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo here on 610 Sports Radio. We also heard after the game, uh, I believe it was Justin Reed had mentioned that down the stretch of that game, you, know, you guys maybe showed some things that you hadn't used all season long and, and, and the players reacted to that, obviously, in an extremely positive way. How often when we're talking about in-game adjustments, it's something that just from the outside we throw there and, and say, man, it seems like you, you might be one of the best at in-game adjustments as a defensive coordinator. I, I guess if you could take us into that thought process and, and why that is something that has been so uh, important and successful for you in this defense. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I think every coach in the league is doing that constantly. We do it a lot. The assistant coaches play a big part in that. I mean, you know, Joe and Brendan and Dave and Donald and Terry and all those guys, Alex and Rod, they're always kind of giving feedback. Uh, it's a collaborated effort. The, the unique thing about this group and what is so special about them is we just felt as a group of coaches that, you know, whatever we fed these guys, they would embrace and run with it. Now, not every group does that. Some guys like to stay in their own little comfort zone and not change things. But this group embraces that because they're a very high cerebral, high IQ group. At halftime in this particular game, when we made those couple of things that Justin Reed's talking about, I mean, they were, they were calls that we had somewhere during the season. We just didn't practice them that week. Sometimes I get a little skittish on, you know, doing something we haven't practiced. But with this group, you know that they're going to be able to pick up on it. And when they're nodding their head at halftime about, yeah, let's, let's do that, let's try to do this, um, it just makes you feel confident as a coach to call it. And that's what we did. I think – I think those adjustments we made, uh, particularly at halftime, helped us in the – I believe you guys would have to check for me, but I think we went three three and outs in the second half, which was really, really key to get the, keep getting the ball back to Patrick. Um, but that's because we got a group of guys that embrace change and, and are willing to do anything. It's, it's, it's special to have. I think one thing that stood out about the defense is that there was no weak level. Defensive line, linebacker, corner, safety, didn't matter – you guys had talent everywhere. I mean, just from that perspective alone, does this make the most talented defense you've ever coached? Uh, that's a tough call because, I, listen, I've been blessed to be on a bunch of really good ones in some there at Kansas City. I mean, you know, we had talent in 2019 when we won. It took a little while to get going, and then 
you know, there were other years and, you know, certainly along the way in New York and some other places. But as a, you know, I keep coming back to this. This is what the difference was for me because I think you can find talent everywhere. Uh, and, you know, Brett does a great job, Brett Veach, getting us talent for us. But I'm, I always rely on the, the football intelligence, what I call football get it. And this was the highest number of guys in one group that really had a high IQ or really good football get it. And sometimes you work with units that have, you know, there's, you know, seven out of the 11 starters and the other guys that kind of just, you know, they just, somebody helps them along the way. But this group to a man, they get football, they love football, they're passionate about it, uh, and they embrace doing anything. And that's a, that's a nice thing to have. Was this game Trip McDuffie's coming out party? I feel like here locally we have continued <laughs> to say he plays at that level. But when you aren't the interception guy, Spags, sometimes yeah. people nationally lose sight of you a little bit. We felt like this might have been the best game of his career. I thought it was, too. It's a great point you're making about the interceptions. You know, when he, when he did get that, uh, you know, he, he's an, he was elected as one of the All-Pros, right, for this season. Um, well, not Pro Bowl, but uh, I think the All-Pro. Yeah, All-Pro. Team, yeah. Second team yeah. All-Pro, I think. And I said to him after he got that, I said, Trent, that's an extra, to me, that's even more respect than most other DBs because when you do that and you don't have an interception, I think people recognize and respect the work that you're doing because let's face it, a lot of times those teams, right, people look at stats and, and they say, okay, the guy with the highest interceptions, he must be really good, so let's vote him in. But with him not doing that, I thought it was a, an extreme compliment to Trent, his ability and what he does. And I, Listen, you guys have heard me say this before. The one thing about coverage guys is if they're doing their job at an elite level, sometimes you never hear about them because the quarterback's not throwing it there. And so for Trent to have gotten that kind of recognition, I thought was extreme. I still don't understand why LJ doesn't get the same, but, you know, everybody's different. But getting back to Trent, that kid, the key play he made in the end zone was huge. The, the blitz that he made for knockdown was huge. And he has other tackles throughout the game, and he's covering guys. I mean, he's, he's a real key to what we do. Him and all those DBs back there are huge. Just another minute or two with Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, when, we, when we look at uh, this, this particular run that this team is on, it seems like the players already very quickly, not shying away, though, Coach, from, from talking 3 P. What's your reaction to that? <laughs> well, listen, we got, I, think, I think these elite athletes that we have in any professional sport, right, they're prideful guys, and they just believe in themselves. So if that's the next challenge, they're all for it. They love a challenge. This group... And I'm sure every group, I mean, you hear it from basketball players, hockey players, uh, you know, baseball players. The minute they win one, they want to win another. And I think that's great. I mean, we've got to have a goal. And if that's the next challenge, then that's what we got to shoot for. And we know you're, you're obviously at least back uh, for, for this three-peat run with the contract extension to stay in KC. But we, we've been surprised you, you haven't got another crack at a head coaching gig. Is that something that you're still interested in? Well, listen, I'll answer it the same way I have been. It'd be great. Um, we always embrace it. We just got done talking about pride and guys. I have some pride, too, as a, we all do as coaches. So a second chance, yeah, it'd be great. But if not, I always follow up with this. I feel really blessed to, to have the job I have, work for the head coach we have, the organization I'm involved with. So uh, if it's God's will to have a, another head job, great. We'll just we'll put, pin our ears back and go. And if not, I'll put every effort into the job that I have right here and enjoy every minute of it. You've got four Super Bowl rings, Coach. How do you uh, handle storing them? I think <laughs> Travis's brother Jason reportedly had you know left his in his truck for a little bit. Do you keep oh, him boy. in a more secure location than that? 
Yeah, I do. My, my Maria takes care of that. They're in a safety deposit box somewhere. It's funny, guys. You know, it, listen, blessed to have four Super Bowl rings. You very rarely do you get to wear them. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're so huge and they're beautiful. They're wonderful. Love them. I guess someday I'll put them all on sometime and, I don't know, go to a banquet or something. But, you know, we're not real flashy people. So, we, But I will tell you this. The, the, most of all, it, it's not as much about the rings, and we all love that, but it, the relationships that you cherish, the – you know, the later on down the road, the 10-year anniversaries, those will be really, really special because of the, you'll remember the guys you did it with and, and all the memories along the way. That'll be what's really special. Coach, appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully you get to spend some time here, relax a little bit, enjoy another Super Bowl, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up a little bit later on this offseason. Okay, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Have a great day. There you go. That's Steve Spagnolo, Chiefs defensive coordinator. Of course, did sign that contract extension little less than a, than a week ago and uh, yeah he's made it very clear that you know if an opportunity ever came obviously he'd love to be a head coach again but he uh, has a chance as a, as a defensive coordinator and as an assistant to continue to expand on you know I think there'll be a stronger push especially if he's part of a three-peat yeah on top this of is it, ageism hall, I mean talking about a hall, I'm, well I'm not even just talking about a head coach I'm talking about hall of fame oh yeah well look if he I already think he's got an argument for yeah. hall of fame I understand it's always a difficult conversation when you aren't the head coach but he has an argument for the single greatest coordinator of all time. He's got four Super Bowl rings. He stopped the world's greatest offense. Let's face it. He won a Super Bowl against a team that was undefeated going into it as a coordinator. He's now completed a second ba- or completed a back-to-back, has won three Super Bowls in Kansas City. If he's a part of a three-peat or just another Super Bowl championship here, he'll be a five-time Super Bowl champion coordinator. He's the only one, I think he's the only coordinator to win with two different organizations or one of two. Like, there aren't that many guys who have even done what he's done from that perspective. I think it's, the reason why he's got a head coaching, it's just ageism stuff. If he were Josh McDaniels' age, he'd have already gotten another opportunity. Let's, I mean, just straight no, up. No, I think it's Somebody else would have given him a job. Uh, I think that's a huge, huge part of the equation. I think it's that, and I also think a small part, not that there haven't been defensive coordinators hired. In general, there are fewer. moving away from that. Yeah. You know, more, more and more GMs and owners are hiring the offensive mind. So, Let's say in a cycle where there's six or seven openings, which is kind of the average out of those, there's what, maybe two of the six or seven that are defensive hires to begin with. And then you factor in what you're discussing, which is clearly, I think, some of it being an age thing. But he's been incredible. Again, hey, selfishly, great news for Kansas City. That, yeah. That's how other teams are approaching it because he has been f- fantastic. And you heard him talk about uh, Nick Bolton and um, the the trust and, and how smart of a defense that they have. You know, you asked him the question of just like, is it the best? He w- he didn't want to go that far. Is it the most talented? But he said most talented. But from a, a IQ standpoint, and and, and what do you say? Get it. Yep. Uh, this is that. This is that team. Pretty cool to hear. Thanks to Spags for joining us on Cody and Gold. Coming up next, though, where the cap is heading, and this is a great sign for the Chiefs' long-term window. And one thing we've already noticed out at Royal Spring Trading. Next here on Cody and Gold. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.